use federal regulations to challenge mandates to get shots. The Code of Federal Regulations, known as CFR 21-50.23.24, states it is illegal to force participation in an experimental program. Forced participation uses coercion to gain participation. Under Google, coercion is considered to be a noun, the practice of persuading someone to do something by using force or threats. A similar term is force compulsion. Coercion is illegal under 18 U.S. Code Section 2331, subsection 802. It is a form of domestic terrorism. Anytime a U.S. citizen or government in the U.S. is forced to do something it wouldn't otherwise do is known as coercion and domestic terrorism. Use these two laws when asked or required to take the shot. Record the conversation using your phone. Ask, are you violating Code of Federal Regulation 21-50.23.24? This carries a 99-year prison term. Number two, it is also a civil violation of the law under U.S. Code 18, Section 2.331. This also carries a 99-year prison term. Hey, what's up? First of all, I just want to say thank you for all the people that's listening and chiming in on You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. So I appreciate you doing that. Hopefully that way, if we can learn how to agree to disagree, and we can live like people. When I make the hard topics, I say the hard things, I make the thing itch scratch. So if your itch is not scratching, and you're scratching on the itch, maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror. So I'm not here for no drama. I'm not here for no nothing, just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only, so I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So, again, thank you, and hopefully we can agree to disagree. She turned into a pillar of salt. I'm sorry? Lot's wife, you turned her into a pillar of salt all because she looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah? Don't you think that's a bit overkill? No. No? No. Why not? I told her not to look back. What's the big deal of looking back as the city burns? 
I gave her a clear instruction and she ignored it. It wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that big of a deal? I invented light within four words. I redeemed all of humanity within three. The very breath that you criticized me with is the one I gave you when I created you. The laws of physics on Earth hold their consistency because they dare not defy what I told them to do. So instead of criticizing my judgment calls, maybe you should ask Lot's wife why she didn't take my words more seriously. Um, this is an article that I ran across from the Associated Press. By no means am I justifying or uh, promoting drug use or anything of that nature. This is just for informational purposes only. So, um, please don't take this down yet again, TikTok. Thank you. South Korea reports seizing thousands of smuggled drug capsules containing an unusual added ingredient, the powdered flesh from dead babies. Some people believe- Are you serious? The Korea Customs Service says they were made in northeastern China from babies whose bodies were chopped into small pieces and dried on stoves before being turned into powder. But they wouldn't say where they believe the babies came from or exactly who made the capsules, citing possible diplomatic friction with Beijing. The contents, oh though, were identified by scientific testing. When we analyzed it, the powdered material sequence is better than a 99.7% match with a human DNA sequence. No one's been reported ill from ingesting them, but scientist Shin warns they have the potential to be dangerous. We also see super bacteria and other germs and viruses harmful to a person if consumed. Some of the capsules were carried in luggage, others were sent by international mail. The smugglers told customs officials they believed the capsules were ordinary stamina boosters and didn't know the manufacturing process. One official said no one's been punished, but a customs clearance director at Incheon Airport warned consumers should be careful about health food supplements where the ingredients aren't clearly marked. This world is sick. The Associated Press. Let's TikTok about it. You know, as I scroll through my TikTok and I see the cops on TikTok, I realize that a lot of y'all abuse your power. I would love to think that you initially signed up to be a cop to help keep the community safe. But the more and more I realize this safety word, it's not about keeping the community safe. You only use that as a way to violate people's rights. It's always about keeping the officers safe. Well, for my safety, ma'am, uh, well, for my safety, sir, uh, I'm going to have to put these cuffs on you. You're not being arrested, but you're being detained. I don't want no fucking handcuffs on. I don't want to feel like a criminal if I haven't done criminal activity. So pardon me and fuck you if you're mad that I feel like this and I say it like this because I'm not a fucking criminal. I mean, do you not think that I'm already in fear for my life? When you walk up to my car with your hand on your gun and your other hand on your taser? What about my safety? You signed up for my safety, not for your safety. You signed up to die for the cause. I didn't. I'm looking for you to help save me. And now you scared the shit out of me. You get mad because somebody only want to crack their window a couple inches to talk to you? Have you seen the videos of the bad ones of you? We don't know who's who. The same way when you look at us, you don't know who's who. 
But y'all don't ever think about it like that? Do your fucking common sense not work? Whenever you go to pushing and pulling, tugging and twisting on people's arms, quit resisting, quit resisting, <clears throat> quit resisting, he's resisting. No, you fucking idiot. It fucking hurts. And I'm trying to keep from feeling the pain that you put me in, you fucking dummies. And you use stop resisting and officer safety as reasons to get physical with people. And y'all enjoy this shit. Why? When you signed up to come and help keep me safe But I gotta worry more about you killing me Than I do these niggas in the hood So no, miss me and, and, and listen up When I tell you we don't care about your safety We did not sign up for a job to care about your safety If we wanted to care about your safety We'd have fucking became cops You chose to sign up to be a cop To keep the rest of the community safe you chose a job where real criminals might shoot at you. And to be honest, the only reason why a lot of y'all act like that, because you already know that we know we're going to get a lot of time if we fuck y'all up. Because a lot of us can fuck y'all up. And a lot of you weak motherfuckers play behind that fact. But it's all right, though. The times are changing. Keep on the fuck around and find out. What has Huawei's Pfizer got to hide? This is a question that we are all asking after we found out that the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, pulled out. The interesting thing is a few weeks ago, the CEO of Moderna, you know, we were criticizing these pharma companies, you know, for being or for lacking transparency. But at least the CEO of Moderna had the courage, I would say, to come and answer questions. Yeah, he did not answer all the questions that we asked, but at least he was present here and were, was faced with all these questions that all of my colleagues asked. So obviously when we found out that the CEO of Pfizer decided not to come and answer questions, this, was, this is not an inquiry committee. So he was not bound by law to come and, you know, he was not on record, you know, he was not facing any criminal punishments in case he's lying in front of this committee. But even in that case, he refused to come and answer some concrete and specific questions. Questions that I think all of us and all of you have. And the first question is, what exactly in these contracts? What are they hiding exactly? I mean, in the previous press conferences, I, I showed you some of the pages, you know, from these contracts. This is how they were disclosed to us and to the public and to the press. Obviously, after some of us and some of the brave journalists asked, what are the contracts signed between the European Commission and these pharmaceutical companies? So this is how they, this is how they disclose the contracts. Over a hundred pages, every contract with Pfizer, with Moderna, tens of pages of those contracts were blacked out. So yesterday when we asked, I was the one asking and some of my colleagues asked, when are they going to fully release these contracts? The representative of Pfizer, who was sent to replace the CEO of Pfizer, said that they can't fully disclose these contracts because they have some commercial secrets over there and they have to protect their interests. Now I'm asking you, what about the interests of our people? What about the interests of the Europeans whose money was spent or wasted, I would say now, to buy these medical products that are not providing what they were marketed for. 
Because what we found out yesterday, when one of my colleagues asked if they tested, in this case Pfizer, if Pfizer tested, if their medical product is stopping the spread of the virus, we were shocked to find out yesterday that they haven't tested their vaccine to see if it's stopping the spread of the virus. So we are now more than a year after the green certificate, the digital green certificate was imposed in the European Union. People were forced to be vaccinated with the medical product in order to exercise their basic fundamental rights. And they were told and we were told we were voted against the green certificate, but many of our colleagues voted in favor of it because they believe what these companies have said, that if you get vaccinated, you will not be infected and you will not spread the virus. They even ran campaign and said, get vaccinated in order to keep your grandmother and your parents healthy. And we find out now, after more than a year, that when they requested the special marketing authorization, they haven't tested the vaccine to see if it's stopping the spread of the virus. So I'm asking again, and we are asking again, what are they going to hide? What do they hide exactly? Why aren't they transparent with their medical product? We heard yesterday, I mean, it was, I was shocked because Pfizer used this opportunity just to do a PR campaign and even lecture us, why are we asking this and not asking that? Who are they to question us? What kind of questions do we ask? We are elected by the people for the people, not they. And they are supposed to answer, to answer all these questions, which they have not. There's another issue right now raised all across Europe. The excess mortality rate in the month of July 2020. According to Eurostat, in the month of July, the excess mortality rate all across European Union went up 16% more than the average of 2016 and 2019. Now, if you look on the map here, this is released by the Eurostat. It's not from us. If you look on this map, you will see that the countries with the highest vaccination rate have right now the highest mortality rate. So obviously we ask, is there a connection between being vaccinated and having a higher mortality rate? Everybody's avoiding answering this, I would say, logical question. There's another issue. A year ago, I requested Emma to submit some details and data to me because I wanted to have an informed decision, I would say, when I voted in favor or against the Green Certificate. And one of the questions that I asked Emma is to send me the, all the trials, the tests, the clinical trials that all these medical companies had done either in animals or in humans, before they requested the marketing authorization. So in the case of Pfizer, here's something interesting. When they submitted the information and the clinical trials to Pfizer, here's all the tests that they submitted along with their request. They submitted a clinical trial that started in January 14th, 2020. 
I asked yesterday the representative of Pfizer and she declined to answer. How is it possible that we, the world, found out in December of 2019 that there is a COVID or coronavirus as it's called in China, December of 2019. On January the 11th, the Chinese government released the DNA data or a segment of it to the public and three days later, Pfizer already started the tests for this vaccine. How is that possible? She did not answer. In the case of Moderna, and I've asked the CEO of Moderna two, three weeks ago when he was here, they submitted trials since 2017. So I'm restating the question, how is it possible that when we found out in the fall of December, in the winter of 2019 about this virus, they submitted tests of their vaccines years before we found out about the virus. And I'm still asking that question now, how is that possible? So these are the legit questions that we all asked and that people are asking us. And unfortunately, they are declining to answer. So this was the, these were the, the main topics, I would say, that we tried to clarify yesterday. And unfortunately, the Pfizer representative as Moderna representative, you know, declined to answer. We will. Dr. Artis was saying. And for praying on the topic, I knew that Dr. Artis had to fly to Minnesota again for a special documentary length interview to bring all of this information before the public. And so we did that. We held that interview, and for the past few weeks, we've been going through more than 4,000 pages of documents, some provided by Dr. Artis, some that we've gathered on our own, all of which support his theory. And all I can say here is the more that we ask questions, the harder that we tried to fact check all of this away, the more our doubts started to feel unreasonable. We know that it's taken a while for this documentary to come out, but since we filmed that interview, that's at the center of this documentary, I got swatted. I can't prove it, but I suspect these events are connected. We had to decentralize our production process to make sure that if they took out me or Dr. Artis or one of our editors, that it wouldn't stop this from coming out. It's that important. We had other issues. One of our editors was so distressed by the information in this documentary that they became ill. Another woke up in the middle of the night feeling like some external force was suffocating him, like some kind of a demonic attack. And maybe that sounds too wild to believe, but I want to say something. The way Dr. Artis had described how he started his investigation, all of the circumstances and coincidences that guided him down this path, I believe, I am convinced, and Brian believes, that God has helped guide him through the research process. Maybe that sounds sappy, but it shouldn't. Because the battle that we're fighting is a spiritual battle, more so than physical. This isn't a fight over policy. There is a war being waged in heaven, a war of good versus evil. And that means God versus Satan being played out right here on earth for all of us to witness. Recently, Dr. Zev Zelenko spoke with us. He made an incredible sounding claim. He said that he'd heard from someone who would know that Dr. Artis is the number one doctor that Pfizer wants silenced. Silenced forever. After creating this documentary, all we have to say is that if Dr. Artis really is at the top of an assassination list, we're not surprised. And we think after watching this that you will probably agree.
before we start, though, we wanted to give you a chance to hear a few things from Dr. Artis, and he joins us now. Dr. Artis, thank you for coming, and thank you so much for your bravery. Stu, it's an honor to be here. I just want to say on behalf of the entire world and you, thank you, everyone who's put any faith and trust in me to be able to convey truth. There is no part of me who brought this information to Stu and started any of this research to create fear and panic. In fact, this is going to, I pray, bring light to all of those practitioners around the world who have already been right. And I want to convey that right now. Dr. Pierre Corey, you were right. Dr. Paul Merrick, you were right. Dr. Ben Marble and Zev Zelenko, you were right. Simone Gold, you were correct. Sherry Tempany, you were right. Everything you're about to learn in this documentary and all the research that I've actually conducted, Dr. Ryan Cole will be able to finally conclude why it is the findings under the slides, under a microscope, have become so monumentally evil. The amount of carnage and disease and death is unparalleled in history. This is the only reason why I'm bringing this to light. I pray that your heart, souls, and minds will be open to truth and know where to go from here to protect your loved ones, your children, your grandparents, your parents, all those you love. I love you. And may God bless everyone on the earth. So earlier this month, a lot of you may remember a post that I made on my Telegram channel. There was a lot of concern about the water and not to drink it. And there were certain things that I could say and could not say. And I referenced that certain people's lives might be at risk. And one of those people is here with me now, Dr. Brian Artis. Thanks a lot for being here. I do really appreciate the opportunity to do this. Yeah, this is actually going to be the only time I've ever been nervous in any interview. I'm not kidding. Like, I've never been nervous to discuss anything in relationship to the COVID pandemic whatsoever. But this has bothered me and has scared me. Putting things out is probably oftentimes the best way to protect yourself. Um, but people have lost their lives over what you're about to tell the world. I have to get this off my chest. My spirit's like screaming to say something and bring it to the forefront to protect as many innocent lives as possible. That's all I've been trying to do since May of 2020. As you know, when I read Anthony Fauci's memo on remdesivir, when I actually just hyperlinked, clicked the links to the studies that he was quoting saying that remdesivir was safe and effective, I knew right away that he was lying. I knew right away that this drug was gonna be used to mass murder a whole bunch of innocent people in America that did not need to die. Then he was gonna sell the world on the idea in the media that they were dying of a virus when in fact I knew they were being poisoned to death with this drug. I knew 30% of all people were gonna experience multiple organ failure, kidney failure, septic shock, and hypotension. That's what the studies said. Now we're a year and a half after that, and it's exactly the numbers that I said based on those studies. I'm pretty much called the remdesivir guy everywhere I go, which is odd for a retired chiropractor to be referenced as a pharmaceutical guy. <laughs> but it is true, remdesivir is a very toxic, deadly drug. There are a lot of medical doctors and professionals who will mention it that as it's just proven to be ineffective. It is not ineffective. It is very toxic and deadly. It is known and proven to actually injure specific organs in your body. It targets specific organs. This is a part of why I think my spirit is so moved to make sure this gets out, is that uh,
January. <laughs> January 21st of this year. So just two months ago. Uh, the FDA decided to authorize remdesivir as the only drug to be authorized to be used in all newborns in this country. I can't, I cannot even fathom the men or women in charge that would actually do that. So it's now been moved since January 21st of 2022. It's been moved out of hospitals as the only drug to be used, only allowed in hospitals this entire pandemic. Now they're moving it into in and out of hospital care for children as young as newborns, seven pounds heavy through the 18 year pediatric age range. It's the only authorized drug. There is nothing else that they're allowing for COVID-19 treatment. And I find that incredibly evil. And then they've also now canceled uh, monoclonal antibody uses throughout the United States and all U.S. territories for COVID-19 early treatment. And they're moving remdesivir to the uh, infusion centers where they were using monoclonal antibodies as the only IV infusion drug allowed. I have been moved with one singular purpose since May of 2020. When I read Anthony Fauci's memo about remdesivir, I felt this spark inside of me that I now had to go voice to the world a warning to try to protect as many innocent lives as possible from being killed. So let's talk about what happened. It all started with a text. There's a medical doctor that I admire and love because he is nonstop from the beginning of COVID um, has had the ability to project information and say to people around the world, you do not have to fear COVID. We have an answer. This guy has been on many stages with me. He still practices right now medicine and is an ER doc. And he sent me a text. It actually was dated December 1st. And I did not see it until like December 18th. I don't know how I didn't see it, but the text read, Hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? And I realized when I saw him that he must have saw an interview I did on InfoWars. So Kate Daly did an interview with me and wanted to go over my thoughts of monoclonal antibodies. Well, I'd been given some research studies that actually bothered me. I didn't like the idea based on the data in these research studies. I didn't think monoclonal antibodies were safe long term, not short term, but long term. Now I read the, the actual text message, got in the shower. And while I was in the shower, I was sitting there thinking, why would he send me that text? It has nothing to do with COVID, like zero, nothing to do with COVID. So I'm going through this and I'm thinking about the text and all my brain keeps going to is why is he mentioning wouldn't I go get antivenom is there something about antivenom I don't know so I actually got out of the shower went and got on the, the internet and I wanted to know what are what is antivenom only to find out that most antivenoms are monoclonal antibodies or polyclonal antibodies and then I so I want you to read. Do you know, I want you to read from July 6th, last year, 2021, the co-founder of Moderna. Read the title, show it to the camera. Moderna co-founder using mRNA technology to treat venomous snake bites. It goes on to say that he's going to help create and co-found a company called Ophirix. Look it up. It's phenomenal. Ophirix. Ophirix is a brand new company based in San Francisco that actually is going to 
solely work on creating anti-venom drugs for snake bites. Guess who funds this thing? The whole company. Uh, the Department of Defense. The Department of Defense, the Welcome Trust Fund, and the United Nations. Incredible. Okay. All right. So this is great. I just want, no, just, let's, let's wrap our heads around that for a second. How many snake bite victims are there? It's like 100,000 people. Uh, 100,000 people will die from snake bites, but this is enough for the CEO of Moderna to make that this is a huge issue. But not only that, but the importance for the Department of Defense and for the United Nations to get on board and to fund such a venture. Dr. Hoff out of Canada... Uh, after evaluating his vaccinated patients, was able to determine those who had received the mRNA, mRNA vaccines. They all had elevated D-dimers, and he checked that because they all complained of extreme fatigue, like long haulers, COVID symptoms. And he was enlightened to do this D-dimer test and then found every single one of them had elevated D-dimers. Now, I want you to read on Medscape. I just printed this out <laughs> from Medscape.com. What is it? that medical doctors are trained to look for when they see elevated D-dimers. So read the title, and I'll let you read the fifth bullet point. How are elevated D-dimer levels interpreted? Snake venom poisoning. So even medical doctors are trained to look for elevated D-dimers and to know that this is a possible snake venom poisoning. poisoning. And notice they didn't use the word snake bite victim. Right. Snake venom poisoning. And I was like, oh my God, it's in the mRNA shots. For sure, this is why you're seeing this. They even talk about it on here that D-dimer is a reflection of fibrinogen uh, and its ability to control coagulation. And that it's usually at normal low levels inside of people who are fine. But then they, these D-dimers get extremely elevated after snake venom poisoning. Venom poisoning. The kidney failure caused by remdesivir is the number one organ targeted by King Cobra venom. It's the number one. There isn't anything in relationship to symptomatology of COVID-19, injuries post-COVID-19 vaccines, treatment with remdesivir that cannot be correlated back in research studies to venom from cobras, crates, and other vipers. So when somebody gets bit by a snake, uh, particularly a king cobra or a crate, what is the long-term prognosis for these people? So these people that have been injected, oh, that's jab remorse. I mean, there's been a lot of people like Zeb Zelenko, who I respect tremendously, has come out and said, you have a ticking time bomb inside of you. Uh, is that true? Yeah, your body's now been put, had gene sequences put into you or peptides put into you of venom. Yeah. And that actually continues, particularly one bite after another, those disease processes become even more exaggerated. This is why they want to continue doing the booster shot program. My wife and I are driving back towards our home, and it's late afternoon. We dropped her car off at a, at a mechanic shop, and she, she said, you need to get something to eat because I'll get hangry. A little snippy. When I get hungry, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. And she goes, uh, where would you like to eat? And I said, let's just go to this Chinese restaurant right here. And she looked at me, she goes, really? 
we haven't had Chinese food in years. I mean, it's yeah. been at least five years. So we go into this pay we order the food. I go to the bathroom. By the time I come out to the bathroom and sit down, my wife's already got the foods sat in front of her, the plates, and then there's two fortune cookies that Jane has selected out of a barrel. But my wife is a uh, desserts first kind of girl. So when I sat down at the table, the fortune cookie's already open and she's already eating it. And the fortune cookie's sitting there above her. The fortune is sitting above her plate. So I sit down, I look at her, and I said, uh, well, I guess I'll eat my dessert first, too, since you did yours. I guess I'll open up my fortune cookie. So I opened the fortune cookie, and I cracked it open, and it's opposite the plate, across the plate. And when I cracked it open, the back of the paper of the fortune was facing me. And I quickly saw it as I separated the two ends, and I just spun it around real quick to face me. And I picked it up and read it to my wife, and it reads something like this. All of the world's greatest riches begin with one penny. <laughs> I said, How I, I looked at Jane, I was like, of course it does. Like, who doesn't know that, right? And I sat it down, and she's looking at me as she's eating. She's like, are you going to eat? And I was just staring at the, the actual paper. Fortune. And I said, uh, yeah, I'll eat in a minute. And she goes, what's wrong? And I said... It's what's on the back of that fortune cookie that's freaking me out. And usually you'll see like lottery numbers or something random on the back of those cookies. But what I noticed was the name on the back of that fortune. In parentheses on the back of that fortune, as soon as I opened it, are two names. Then I find out that there's a there's an actual doctor who works at the University of Pittsburgh in May. This is, this is insane. In May of 2020. Yeah. Works in a computational lab dealing with genetic sequencing. And he's been researching for five months. Sequencing of spike proteins. Trying to solve the mystery of SARS-CoV-2 victims. And he says he's got a big thing to... Big press release. They're going to actually announce all their findings. And Bing... Set back in the quest to understand coronavirus after a researcher is shot and killed. 37-year-old Bing Lu was on the verge of making significant findings on COVID-19. And that's when I freaked out. That's when I freaked out. He says he then found the highest concentration of this enzyme that has ever been found in humans. These levels attacking internal organs means multiple organ failure and death. So where do the rattlesnakes come into play? This enzyme is a humanized version, part of the same family as the active ingredient in snake venom. In simple terms, this enzyme related to rattlesnake venom that's been found in humans is likely causing tremendous damage, leading to COVID-19 deaths. And then they take you through all of the elevated enzymes in the blood samples of these people that are naturally found in rattlesnake venom and viper venom that are in levels they've never seen before. Do you want to know how they got there? Five to ten days of remdesivir? They've... the only one in my in my class that have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class. 
and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. I now concede he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right, and his memory had failed him. In Iraq, 28 times. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 29 times. I've been in and out of Afghanistan and Iraq over 30 times. I've seen what these young women and men have done. At the PRT, in a makeshift meeting room surrounded by rocks, mud, and sandbags, but filled with flat screens and computers, a two-star general traveling with us performed an impromptu award ceremony. He gave a bronze star to a corporal who looked to me to be about 25 years old. I found myself in Iraq being asked by General Oriano, a four-star, to pin a silver medal on a young captain. I have been asked in a forward operating base in the middle of a godforsaken nowhere in the upper Konar Valley in Afghanistan to pin a silver star on a young, coincidentally, Navy captain in what they call a FOB, a forward operating base. I pinned medals on silver stars on soldiers up in the upper Konar Valley in the middle of a firestorm the poor guys have gone through. Young Navy captain, Navy, Navy up in the mountains in the Konar Valley in Afghanistan. Who had pulled a badly wounded gunner to safety, returning fire to repel the enemy, and then, and then keeping his buddy alive until medevac arrived. Who had pulled someone out of a burning Humvee, risking his life. One of his buddies got shot, fell down a ravine about 60 feet. This guy climbed down a ravine, carried this guy up on his back under fire. He had gone down a ravine to rescue one of his men who had been shot, brought him back under hail or gunfire, was wounded, but the young man died. I know it sounds a little corny, but uh, I don't think there was a, uh, a dry eye in the house. And the general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. And when I went to pin it on him in front of the entire brigade, I went to pin the silver star General Rodriguez pinned the general's the silver star on his chest. I got up there and stand as the God's truth, my word is abiding. He stood his attention. I went to pin him. I said, Sir, I don't want the damn thing. He stood at me, looked at me, said, Sir, I don't want the medal. I don't want the medal. I don't want it, sir. He died. He died. I don't deserve it. Do not put it on me, sir. Please, sir. Do not do that. He died. He died. He died, Mr. Vice President. I don't want the medal. How many nights does that kid go to sleep?
When it's home, chilling the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm home, chilling, I'm always tuned in to fame. He has the hottest podcast out there. Go listen. Very informative. When I'm home, Chilla, I'm always tuned in for Faze. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Chilla, the world, I stay tuned to the Faze podcast. It's the hottest message out there. between the Israelite and the Egyptian. We're not diff- We're not the same people. We're completely different. One of the main things you look at, you always look at DNA. The significance with DNA is that DNA, the main objective of it is to store information and then at the proper time distribute information. This is how you get your lineages. This is how you get, you know, that's why even when you're not at the scene of a crime, they can tell whether you were there. Why? If you leave traces of your DNA, they can pinpoint that and they can come get you. Right? You done seen the Mari show where they say, you are the father, you're not. Why? Because of DNA. It stores information that at a set time, it distributes information. One of the main functions of this that we go by is haplogroups. I don't, despite how you feel about haplogroups or whatnot or what they do with the blood, with the blood after they receive the DNA, is that they begin to pinpoint where you're from or who you connect to from off the other side of the earth. Reason why is because they're trying to find your matches. When you begin to look at sub-Saharan African, right? The West Africans, they are, that culture is predominantly the Hebraic culture. You have to look at oral traditions. You have to look at what they're saying about themselves. You have to look at their practices, right? And you also have to look at blood. That's the main thing because it's the blood that connects the blood still yet speaks. Then you begin to compare that with the so-called African-American. Our haplogroup, along with the West Africans, are E1B1A. 
gonna try to summarize it or whatnot, not to make it difficult for you, but it's E1B1A. Now, going off of today, what everybody seems to think is the Egyptian DNA of today is E1B1B, but that is not necessarily, that is not the correct haplogroup for the Egyptian, it's actually haplogroup A. But looking at even because the E1E1, E1, uh, the E1B1B is actually a sister or a brother um, haplogroup to the Israelite or the E1B1A, which means we're relatives just from different branches, right? So when you start looking at that, you begin to see the E1B1B even all across North Africa, East Africa, and it is not in direct. I mean, it's not in alignment with who we are, right? When you begin to look at the scriptures, it talks about in Zephaniah chapter three, it says from beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my dispersed Israel will bring mine offering. All right, when you look at Ethiopia's on the east, the opposite of the east is the west. This is where we fled to throughout history. A whole bunch of Hebrew um, Hebrew nations, Hebrew tribes are in that area, such as the Ewe, the Ewe, the Igbo, different tribes still house that Hebraic faith, right? So by blood, just by blood alone, there is no way possible we could be Egyptian, right? Then when you begin to look at a lot of the studies, you begin to look at their articles and books that discusses the evidence of the Negro population inside of ancient Egyptian culture. And they begin to talk about how the Negroes influenced it. Now, a lot of that come because they want to try to say that the Egyptian was a Caucasoid type people because they're looking at the people in the land today, right? Which is not conclusive because anything that originates starts with color. You can get every color out of black, but you can't get white out of black. You understand what I'm saying? So everything is connected to the melanin or the tone of the skin. Um, there's a book called Black Image in the White Mind where an arch where a craniologist by the name of Morton, he did a study and he began to compare the Egyptian skull with that of the African-American. And he began, he concluded that the African-American had the same servile function in ancient Egypt as they do in America today. We're not the same people. Paul. Many black Americans today seem to have a spirit of anti-Africa. They want to disconnect themselves from Africa in a transatlantic slave trade so much that they will call themselves indigenous American Indians before saying that they are from Africa or that they are the descendants of the Bantu people in sub-Saharan Africa. Many look at TV and think that Africa is super poor with people living in the jungle and extreme poverty. But what is poverty? Poverty can be defined as being extremely poor or not having enough money to meet basic needs which include food, water, clothing, and shelter. We all know that in America, most black Americans would not have food to eat without the grocery store, which is owned by the Gentiles. Most Americans pay for municipal use of water by paying a city bill, a city water bill. And if you don't pay your water bill, you can have a lien placed on your home, which can be tied into your property taxes. And we all know that in America, if we decide to stop paying our annual property taxes, that we will lose our home in any land that we have that the home is on. In Africa, as you will see in the video, the Bantu people have tribal ancestral land that is their inheritance. 
meaning on the land they can feed themselves without the grocery store. They have boreholes on the land where they can drink water or maybe even a well that they can have access to water without a water bill. And what's even mind-blowing, they can build a house with the materials from the earth and not worry about a 30-year mortgage or rent. In the villages of their tribal family land, they don't have to worry about the bailiff coming to take their land because they didn't have enough money to pay their annual property taxes to the crown, like in the West. So who is really poor when you look at it at the end of the day? Black Americans whose basic needs depend on paying bills and property taxes forever, or our brothers and sisters in Africa who actually have a homeland that can meet all the basic needs. Watch this video and you be the judge. Asia Minor. You know, when you begin to talk about this Asia Minor, I ask them, where's Europe Minor? Where's America Minor? Okay, this is the only continent with a minor. And you know what that minor is? It's a minor lie. It's really a major lie. Understand? We're talking about some Asia Minor. Where's Europe Minor? Where's America Minor? But see, when they say Asia Minor, they don't have to classify this land as being part of the African continent. And they want to call it the Middle East. The middle of what? Okay? The only reason why they call this the Middle East is because people here in England, when they would come down into the Mediterranean Sea and go through the Suez Canal, go into the Red Sea and go to the Far East, go to China. They were saying they was in the middle of their journey. We've done a great job in being able to demonstrate that, that this is Northeast Africa. And once we begin to look at it as such and we stop believing this idea of Israel being a part of the Middle East. What do you mean Middle East? Is there an Upper East or Lower East? What, what do you mean Middle East? It's a geopolitical term that the British, our good friends, the British, that they uh, use during their reign and their uh, uh, dominion, which has long since passed. The, long, the sun has long set on the British Empire. They no longer rule the seven seas, but they, in their world, in their worldview, they called this region the Middle East. And it made sense in that perspective, because going to their east, when they got as far as they could to their east, and they, they called that the Far East. And to this day, it's still called the Philippines, China, Asia, or Far East Asia, whatever. So when you look at going to those regions and passing through this region, passing through Syria, passing through Israel, passing through Egypt, passing through Afghanistan, Iran, etc., it made sense according to their worldview to call this the Middle East. It was the middle of their East. But no longer will a geopolitical term suffice for what we're saying is geological and geographical truth. Europeans classify this area as a Middle East. You know, and then since this is the Middle East, the, the other question, where the Middle West? Where the Middle North and where the Middle South? They don't have no geographical terms like that. And the only reason why they use that term, Middle East, because it disconnects the proper connotation that should go with describing this land geographically. We are living here in the southern portion of Israel in what is known as the Southern Judean Mountains. And uh, of course, we have to make this clear that, that Israel uh, 
predates any uh, Palestinian connections here to this land. When you look at the name of Palestine, it was the name that the Romans gave to the land formerly known as Judea. Now, I didn't say Jewish or uh, Judaism, but Judea. So the Judeans were the people that actually lived in this portion of this land prior to the uh, it being named Palestine by the Romans. So this is what we consider to be Northeast Africa. We are sitting on the African tectonic plate. There are African species of birds and animals and plants that you'll find all throughout this region. Why I took you here is that I want to show you that the country called Israel is sitting on the African tectonic plate. It's like all continents are sitting on a plate, okay? And these plates, sometimes they slide in, you know, and they rub one another. See, and what happens, that's what happens when earthquakes happen. The plates begin to slide among one, uh, one another. And if you get a crack in one of the plates, magma will come up, you know, like a volcano. A, a magma will come up, and it will cause, you know, uh, great devastation because of the volcano, but it's because of the shifting of these tectonic plates. Uh, without question, we are in Northeast Africa. We are landlocked to Egypt, with the exception of the Suez Canal, which was a man-made uh, ditch boundary now uh, between, in fact, it's not even really a boundary anymore since uh, Egypt has reclaimed the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, but nevertheless, even those of us who are Pan-Africanists in our thinking and Afrocentric, we forget and we leave off that portion of Northeast Africa and, and, and don't want to claim anything beyond that. Of course, Afrocentrists uh, Afro are still fighting tooth and nail for Egypt to be included as a part of Africa because most Egyptologists and anthropologists, archaeologists of the Eurocentric persuasion will say that uh, Egypt is in Africa. They had to concede that, but then they still draw the line by saying that uh, they weren't Africans like that. In other words, they weren't dark-skinned people. And of course, this is all part of the great deception. And the reality is that if they give up Egypt, ancient Egypt, ancient Kemet, if they give that up and say that that was a part of black Africa, then they will also have to give up Israel. And that's why they draw the line in Egypt, because if they give up Egypt, they've got to give up Israel. Enslave black people, but they gain liberty, so you go to war. But you lose, so you segregate black people, but they don't disappear. So you lynch black people, but they form self-defense squads. So you declare those terrorist organizations. But their calls for equality gain popularity. So you shoot their leader, but they don't disappear. So you settle them in houses full of toxic lead, but they don't all die. So you train cops to kill them instead. So then they protest it. And you ask them why they are complaining. The Roman occupation, you had already gone through, we, we had already gone through numerous captivities. And so when you when you look at the Roman occupation, that was simply a very violent and, and, and physical destruction. And, and when that occurred, the destruction of the temple, the smashing of the Hebraic idea, the hiding of the scrolls down at Qumran, etc., we went into exile. Now, logically, if, you're ha if you have a military power, an oppressive military power coming from the north, it wouldn't make good common sense to flee to the north. 
So our position is that many, if not most, of the Israelites that remain in particularly Judah went south. We migrated down both banks of the Red Sea. We migrated down the Nile River. We might have raided across North Africa and then down into the southern areas into what is now called the western coast. And so when you look in Ghana, for example, you will find that the Ashanti, the Ewe, the, the, the uh, Yoruba, uh, and, uh, and Igbo in Nigeria, uh, present-day Nigeria, that all of these different ethnic groups have have Hebrewisms, what one scholar called Hebrewisms, cultural similarities to the ancient biblical Israelites. Circumcision on the eighth day, uh, linguistic connections, name similarities, um, separation of the women during menstrual cycle and after childbirth, etc., etc. Well, our whole presence in America was was part of a divine chastisement. It's a, uh, America for us could only be a land of captivity. Um, and so 2019 actually marked officially the end of a 400-year presence in America. And that's 400 from years... Jamestown, from the first yeah, place to arrive in Jamestown. Right. And so for us, 2020 marks a very, very significant period of the role. Sarer tribe, the Iwan Biwane Fulanis in Guinea, the Mandingo Sanike tribe, the Balanta tribe, and the Mende tribe. According to the black Muslims of Central Africa and Mali, many Baptist tribes in the Futa regions were still following the Mosaic law as per Hebrew customs and not Islam. This is why they are listed in their books as infidels and foreigners. Bantus Israelite slaves multiplied so much while they were in captivity to the Fulani people that they assimilated into the black Arab Tuareg Fulani tribes in West Africa. Now the Tuareg black Berber Muslims called them Bella and the Messina Fulani people called them Remebi. Over time, the Fulani tribe and their Israelite Negro slaves assimilated into the North Senegal and South Mauritania region known as the Senegal River Valley or the Futa Turo. After many power struggle wars, many Israelite Mandingos migrated south to the foot of Judah region near Gambia and Guinea. Now based on this knowledge, can we prove with Bible scriptures and what language that these Israelites Muhammad Bello wrote about were the descendants of the ancient Israelites scattered into Assyria, Babylon, and Africa where brown skin tones dominated? You be the judge. Assyria to carry away Israel into Assyria and put them in Hela and in Habor by the river of Gozan and in the cities of the Mede. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Now Iraq is a country or a land between the two rivers, the Nile and the Euphrates River. In biblical times it was known as Babylon. The country of Iran in biblical times was known as Medes Persia. So if some of the Israelites were exiled into Babylon and Medes Persia, is there a chance that they mixed languages with the people of these lands? Is there a chance that some of these Israelites kept moving east into Central Asia or India, fathering children with foreign women? Is there a chance that some of these Israelites also went into Africa instead of going east? As you will now see, the languages of the Dravidian, Indian, and South India, the ancient Sumerians, and the Mandingo, Salinke people in West Africa seem to have some connection to the land between two rivers in Mesopotamia. Coincidence? I think not. Mama. I think we have to be careful, black people. We, we, we too much tied up in this what's good and what's bad. 
I think what we need to begin to look at is what's real. Now, I don't care whether it's good or bad. I just care whether it, it works, whether it doesn't work, whether it helps black people or doesn't help black people. White people are individualistic. White people are materialistic. And I think Dr. Clark is absolutely correct in the definition of, the, of, of, of black civilization, African civilization. Communalistic, whole concept is different. But the white man's individualism and materialism stems from the fact that he comes out of a situation, a, 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 a place where you could hardly live. You know, the barren land where, where you could hardly grow, no resources, where they had to fight each other just to keep alive, and where each person had to try to steal all he could to keep somebody else from getting it so he could stay alive. Now, that builds individualism and materialism. Now, he didn't have much in the way of materialism, but he had the, the need, the desire. So he built ships, he built guns, everything in order to take something from somebody else. Now, you got to realize that the black man came up in a, in a diff wholly different kind of environment where there was everything that a person needed. They didn't have to, 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 uh, to cheat and lie and steal to get enough to eat. Enough to eat was everywhere. Nobody had to take from somebody else. All the resources of the world were right there in the ground. They, they had everything. They didn't need to build ships and go conquer someplace else. If, if Africans built a ship, where would they go? Any place they went was worse than where they were. But the white man could build a ship and go any place because any place he went was better than where he was. Anything that he could take was better than what he already had. So we're dealing with the cultures of two people that stem from the kind of situation in which they live. Black people today are trying to be individualistic and materialistic because we are now in a slave culture. The white man has dominated us so completely we try to accept his values. What we've got to do is reject his values, go back and ex accept the old values that come from Africa, our own historic black values, and have a black value system that we've put in opposition to the white man's materialist, uh, materialism and individualism. See y'all, uh, the valueism. He said, go back to the valueism. That's why the Most High gave us these commandments, man. These commandments. See, we on the European commandments, but we're not on the Most High commandments. You think the Most High commandment is worse than the Caucasian man commandments? See, I hope y'all got that what he said. We don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. On December 10, 1939, Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger wrote a letter to Dr. Clarence J. Gamble in which he said that eliminating blacks was one of their goals, but they needed a front man to sell it. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea. Margaret Sanger is reputed to have made covenants. Sanger's approach to eugenics, right? Eugenics was a movement that was born in the United States under hard doctrines of racism with the intent of eliminating the tribe of Judah in, uh, in the African-American community in this country. <laughs> with the intent of eliminating the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Judah in the African-American community in this country. Right, to eliminate them. That's why she formed Planned Parenthood was specifically to kill African-American, uh, you know, black Americans. That's why she did it. Planned Parenthood was made by Margaret Sanger, a known eugenics with the KKK to control the Jew population. When I say Jew, I mean the 12 lost tribes of Judah, the blood of Christ, who 
the race, the people known as the race black really are. This is who our people are, the blood of Christ. This as a Christian is my belief. And I believe that if we saw ourselves as Everyone needs to know what is happening in Europe right now. These are the mind-blowing cues for fuel that the people of France are getting used to by now. Over in Poland, more than 2,000 mayors and local politicians gathered in the capital to protest the energy bills, as the prices in some areas have increased by a staggering 1,000%. In Italy, they protested rising costs by burning their energy bills and even beseeching the town hall in Naples, chanting, we don't pay the bills, now it will be chaos. Similarly, in England, last week demonstrations broke out across the nation, with people vowing to burn their bills as the energy prices went up yet again. And their new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has just set the record for the worst personal approving rating ever recorded for a Prime Minister at minus 47. There were also widespread protests for similar reasons in Germany, Austria, Romania, Greece and many more. And just for perspective, inflation on everyday consumer products in the Euro area have just hit a record, moving into double digits for the first time ever. And what's even scarier is how hard this information was to find. It's likely that if you don't live in one of these countries, you may not have even known that this was going UK Defense Secretary Ben Wallace just issued a major warning according to him he believes that Russian Vladimir Putin he could be just days away from uh, pursuing world war against all the world Nazis according to him now British the Prime Minister of, of Britain and all of Parliament, they agree and they're sending 10,000 troops to have some type of exercise, as they call it. But I think we really know what's going on now, don't we? Do you smell cover up? I think so. General Armageddon is the name of Russia's new Ukrainian war commander. 56-year-old Srovakin has been stated that he is not afraid to use nuclear arms, to which an unnamed top commander in the United States military says, talk is cheap, we've used them before. What do you guys think about this? General Armageddon is the name of Russia's new Ukrainian war commander. The Kremlin named the Russian commander of the Aerospace Forces, Army General Serhii Surovikin, the new commander of the Russian operation in Ukraine. And this appointment has generated positive feedback within the nationalist community. Ukrainian forces continued counteroffensive operations in Kharkiv and Luhansk oblasts. Russian forces continued establishing defensive positions in northern Kherson Oblast. Russian forces continue to attack settlements around Bakhmut, Avdivka, and west of the Donetsk city. Ukrainian forces continue to shoot down Iranian-made Shahed-136 drones. Belarus officially accused Ukraine of preparing a strike on its territory, and Iranian Shahid UAVs spotted in eastern Ukraine. They're watching our every move. Iran, Russia, China, North Korea, ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They may be watching this right now. Our military should not be mistaken for a cable news gab fest show. We don't care what you look like. 
We don't care who you voted for, who you worship, what you worship, who you love. It doesn't matter if your dad left you millions when he died or if he knew who your father was. We have been honed into a machine of lethal moving parts that you would be wise to avoid if you know what's good for you. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. We've seen war. We don't want war. But if you want war with the United States of America, there's one thing I can promise you, so help me God. Someone else will raise your sons and daughters. We fight. We fight so our children never have to. We fight for one day when our children and our enemies' children can discuss their differences without fear or loathing. We fight so that anyone out there thinking about raising arms against our citizens or allies realize the futility of attrition against a disciplined, professional and lethal force built to withstand anything you can dream of throwing at us. Americans want this kind of country. Americans want this kind of world. And we stand ready to defend it, to protect us. So help us God. May God bless this beautiful army. May God bless our They're watching our Yeah. Yeah, I heard that, y'all. Yeah, I heard that. <clears throat> the book of Obadiah says the pride of their heart gonna bring them down. And you hear all this lying and fallacy that he said, y'all. All that he said is a lie. You know what I'm saying? America is the great Satan. America is continued. How can, how can a country that's supposed to be asking God to bless the military and all that, and, 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 and on the other flip side, they making things to kill the black man and black woman. Y'all don't see this. The reason is, the Bible says that, you know, Esau will have a perpetual hate against us. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up and say that he said you have a perpetual hate against your brother. Esau got a perpetual hate against us. And if it's so, look at it. Does the Caucasian man seem like he have a perpetual hate against us? The perpetual hate keep on and keep on and get tighter and get tighter and get tighter. Because the Bible says you will be sold to your enemies. And so far as I'm living my life, and so far as I'm seeing now, I'm seeing what what is real. I see that the Caucasian man is our enemies. I see they they gang up and in, in, in the name of police officer beat up a black man or whatever. And I seen this on the video. They sat down there beating up on a black man, and uh, just like the rest of them were doing George Floyd, telling them all that and all that. See, that's got to stop, black man. We gonna have to stop all that. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says, as I read, um, I read it on my other um, podcast about how the Most High going to be giving us these powers. 
He said the sword. He said the sword gonna the sword. He said you gonna fl- the, fl- the sword gonna go through you, but it's not gonna do nothing. So what is the modern day sword? The bullet. So when he, when they popping them bullets up in us and they saying it ain't going through us, you know, and all this, you know what I'm saying? And, and I know y'all heard about the DNA and how we different from the DNA from Egypt. I told you we different from Egypt. We got the promise. The promise is came from Jacob. See, it was Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and the 12 sons made us Israel nation. Because they went down there in Egypt in 60 when Joseph was Pharaoh in 60 and came back millions. So all that time, they keep saying Egyptian, 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 Egyptian. You know, if they came back down, if they came in Egypt in 60 and left Egypt in millions, look how much, look how much of history they had in that country. And and they trying to talk about Egypt discovered this and that and that. We are particular people by the most high. We had our own heritage. We had our own thing. Now we on this, we, we we trying to roll with another man's heritage or what they used to. And, and that's why it go against the grain with us, man. Everything they do go against the grain with us because it's not it's not that. It's not us. If if you a black man that stayed in the hood and all of a sudden you know, you get a job and you got to stay amongst the white people and they want you to be white. How you going to be white and you've been black all your life? How you going to be doing? How you going to do what? The mindset of colonialism, white supremacy and KKK. If you if that's not in your DNA, that's in their DNA oil and water and the Bible says in Genesis when you read Genesis um, when you read Genesis 24 or 25 that you know Esau and Jacob was fighting all through the womb in the belly come on y'all y'all wanna y'all y'all have a moral obligation Y'all inherit the moral obligation to the Most High, even if you wanted it or not. He said throughout your generation, 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 even if you're in a generation. Some of y'all are going to be rebellious and don't even want to go out here and do your own diligent study. Because if you go on to church on Sunday, you're way out. You're way out in the left field, man. You're in spell. You're still in that spell. Just ask the most how to take you out of that spell and see what it what you missing, man. Because it said young guys gonna be prophesied, young women gonna be prophesied, and all these and I seen these people prophesying about what the most high telling all y'all what y'all need to be doing, and y'all looking at them like they stupid. The most high said he trying to get all get get us together 
Israel because he scouted it. And then the guy made a point that had me thinking when I was listening to this. He said, 1619 is when that slavery start first started to 2000, 2020 was like the 400 400 years that we've been over over in this land and still in captivity 1619 to 2019 now we're we had that we had that 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 was that 400 years and that element of went went on right there right and then we got these other years that's coming on so we still in this captivity captivity thing right here we still in bondage that we think we're not in we they still doing what they doing I don't understand because we already know that fam we are family and family flocks together and then we try to do this in the actually as the, the guy put in everybody try to why the Caucasian man do the individuality and want to take and, 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 and want to pride on having things we already had things so we seen a lot is not nothing to us but now they got us in this spell in this mindset that what we doing now you know people get mad because you spit the truth people get mad because they compromise and people get mad because of an old situation I don't understand that. The truth has been deluded. Lies and treason and everything else has been been misplaced. And when 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 the truth is misplaced and then you go get the truth and put the truth back in its place, then it offends a lot of people. But it offends me when you sit up here and 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 and, and put a lie right there just purposely to manipulate my 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 mindset of thinking that's what we don't even try to figure out we all up in this but that's all right shit gonna change y'all i don't care how long you think but shit gonna change It's going to change. It's going to change. Just got to realize that. So what you think about that? Y'all got to realize... All this fallacy and all this, all this gets ready to come to an end, man. And then the man explained that, you know, about living in America and living in Africa, how they got their own land, how they build their, they ain't got to worry about no, no house, no somebody taking their land, all this inherited land and all this other stuff. And we sitting up here thinking we really got it going on, but we really don't. The 52 fake out. That's all we running, man. 
We've been run, we've been playing on that same play for at least 400 plus years. 52 fake out. We always on that 52 fake out. When we gonna go with the 52 true? But some of us, when we hit that 52 truth, it hit a nerve. But right is right and wrong is wrong, man. But that's why the Most High didn't allow you to be the, 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 the judge. Because you've compromised and you'll be eased. He had to be what he say, what he say, and what he do, what he do without being compromised. That's what we got to realize. Don't sell your soul out, man. Start doing the commandments. And start, you know, doing what you got to do, man. The Bible said the Most High just wants you to be holy. Let's learn how to be holy, y'all. Peace. Kunye West, America gonna be destroyed. No doomsday threats. It's gonna get hit with ballistic missiles from Gog and Magog. You shouldn't have had liposuction. Should have jogged the weight off. We the resistance. Hear the bravery in my voice? You lied to us when you said slavery was a choice. Nigga must have smoked up a whole quarter piece. 1441, we was kidnapped by the Portuguese. When I hear the words, make America great again. All it means is make blacks and Latino slaves again. You said Bush don't care about black people. When it comes to cooning, you're a Barkley and Shaq's equal. You was the realest spitter ripping the beat up. Now you in a something place, phone clicking the teacup. Yeah, learning you're a slave. Mom turning in her grave. Lyrical sermon on the page, just burning off the America mage. was great when they stole the land from the natives. It was great when they brought blacks over on slave ships. It was great when they prospered our free labor. It was great when burning our bodies was sweet savor. It was great when they could rape our women at will. It was great when they did our children like Emmett Till. It was great when firemen sprayed us with hoses. It was great when they killed all our modern day Moses. Could you cherish a place where we perished in hate? Then wear a hat that says you want to make America great. Your character's fake. Saying Trump represents freedom. He's eat him. He told cops when you stop, blacks mistreat him. Everything changed when you got with that ratchet thought. Your mom's casket dropped. Evil cerebral and rapid thoughts. The aftershock. You started tweaking off acid drops. High as an astronaut. I bet this shit happened to Travis Scott. Watch the throne. You really sold yourself a dream. It seems the people higher up got the lowest self-esteem you're made back on the road to hell you should be wearing the hat that says your soul is for sale yeah, look at all this backlash hate first you backstab hold then you backstab drink mk ultra eye stuck in your mouth wide this ain't the same kumbaya from the south side america was great when cotton picking with bloody fingers it was great when we called Mexicans beaners. It was great when we didn't have a voice to speak. It was great when they fed us scraps, no choice to eat. It was great when they fed our babies to gators. It was great when they beat us before the taser. It was great in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. It was great when the media didn't cover our stories. Yeah, Deacon, AKA Five Lords, Kari. All oh, praise Yahweh, Shimei, Hey, Kanye, man. 
Get out. You out of pocket, homie. All the Jews, all the gems, all the jewels and gems you gave us about our history, all the social injustice that you spoke out about. And now this, this ain't the land of our rest. All right? We under curses, we Israelites. They not for us, man.